Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Hugh Ward. You are once again tuned in to Civic Cipher. Indeed you are. As we broadcast from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to ask you to stick around because I have a great show in store for you. We're talking about a lot of the goings on, politically speaking, in this country. And trust me when I say there are a lot of them. If you've been paying attention at all, you realize there's another public outcry slash pushback to the goings on in Florida, um, where they are doing further rebranding slash whitewashing of slavery um, for the quote unquote benefit of their school children. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of people that are upset about that because they want the history to be told accurately. Yeah, there's nothing like framing it as a, a benefit for our children. Well, okay, never mind. I'm, I mean, you, but you see, you see how they they can they can get people to support it if they can convince them that it's about children and that it's for the best interest of children. Showing us how much they don't care about our children. Exactly. So that's funny. Exactly. And also, um, we're going to talk about a new poll that uh, recently came out showing that uh, Trump voters, so it's a very specific group of individual, but yes, Trump voters say racism against white Americans is a bigger problem than racism against black Americans, um, which goes to show you that um, whatever is being peddled to them in, in terms of the news and the content that they're consuming, uh, suggesting that uh, the majority of the country is now anti-white for some reason, um, which, of course, as you know, is a fallacy, is being consumed by them and they're actually buying into it fully. And and this specific group of individuals is something that we can't ignore. So we're going to talk about that as well and so much more. But first off, we're going to start the show, as always, with some Ebony Excellence. Shall we? We shall. So today I'm going to be sharing a bit. Uh, from USA Today, and we're talking about the one, the only Reverend Jesse L. Jackson Sr. Um, he stepped down from his role as president of the Rainbow Push Coalition, a prominent civil rights organization that evolved from Operation Push. And I'm going to add this myself, slash the Rainbow Coalition. Shout out to Fred Hampton every chance I get. With a microphone and an audience, I want to shout out Fred Hampton because he gave his life for something that I believe is very special. And Q and I are kind of walking that same path. We believe that all of us can support each other very much um, better than we can go at our individual flights alone. All right. Um, uh, the longtime civil rights leader founded the Rainbow Push Coalition uh, half a century ago. Vice President Kamala Harris served as the keynote speaker for the convention. Convention, sorry. And Jackson, 81, who emerged from the civil rights movement to fight causes ranging from gender inequality to economic and social justice, was diagnosed eight years ago with Parkinson's disease, the neurodegenerative disease that also affected his father. He is succeeded by Frederick Douglass Haynes III. And um, the reason that we are marking this as Ebony Excellence is because here we have a person who's dedicated his life to... Uh, a cause he's made a difference he's had a, a brilliant career and it happens to be a noble cause you know there's lots of people who give us a noble career they could be sports uh people um sports people has a name i forget the name of sports people but um there's actors and actresses and athletes is the word i'm looking for um and civil rights leaders just term did deserve sorry the same 
sort of recognition. So shout out to uh, Jesse Jackson and shout out to him for being very kind when I met him and sending me some encouraging words during the uh, formative days of Civic Cipher. Amen. Okay, so now we got to talk about Florida. I know Q is, uh, I believe the expression is champing at the bit. <laughs> Chomping and uh, I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting place, man. Yeah. A lot of people love the great state of Florida. I know some amazing people that are from down there, but wasn't my favorite place to visit before recently. Yeah. Now it's just downright dangerous to go down there. Ooh, we talk to him. So let me, let me paint the picture here a little bit. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from Yahoo News that pulled some of their material from the Daily Beast. All right, here we go. Middle school students in Florida will soon be taught that slavery gave black people a, quote, personal benefit because they, quote, developed skills. All right, we're going to stop right here before I read the rest of this. I want to reread this to you just so that you hear how this sounds. The students are going to be taught that slavery gave black people a personal benefit because they developed skills. Do you know how hard it is to not just burst into cursing? It's extremely with no structure at all. Just as many curse words as you can think of, just rattling them all off as a way to just vent the I, frustration that built as I listened to you read that twice. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is that um, in Florida, you have this example of people who cannot imagine what it's like to be slaves or what it is like to come out of slavery and try to make a go at life in this country and to be, you know, stopped at every conceivable point in society, whether you go about it yourself, whether you expect there to be some sort of government support on and on and on. Right. They cannot conceive of it. Right. But for the second half of the show, if you stick around, you'll see that they can absolutely conceive of, oh, we're the ones being discriminated against. And it's the same, same more or less group of people there. So very interesting. But the fact is, is that, you know, now this is our reality. They will be taught in the schools of Florida, which doesn't have a small amount of people, that slavery gave black people a personal benefit. I, I, I wonder, now that this is being taught, the people that put this in place, if they really feel like there was a personal benefit, if they wouldn't mind themselves being slaves. It's a very simple... Well, I'm sure they'd argue that all of the benefits that we gained from slavery, they've gained since then. So there's no need for them to go back to those basic skills that we learn. So do you see how as savages brought over from another continent, uh, <laughs> assimilating to this new society, culture, religion, et cetera, we had to be taught very, very basic skills. Uh, a lot of them having to do with agriculture, uh, working with our hands, um, all of these great things that we as a people learned, gained and benefited culturally from having been kidnapped, raped, beaten, killed, hanged, burned, uh, the list goes on, but at least we know how to share crop. So it's funny because in Africa, you know, some of the most advanced and opulent and decadent civilizations had already risen and fall, thou fell thousands of years before America was even discovered. And 
And I'm not just talking about Egypt. You know, we can talk about all over Africa, sub-Saharan Africa even. And, you know, Egypt is not the only place with pyramids and it's not the place with the oldest pyramids. Start, we'll just leave it there, okay? Anyway, um, the arrogance, <laughs> the, the gall <laughs> that, that these savages needed to be taught. Oh my God, it's it's... It's sad. You know, Rams, the interesting thing is that I expressed during our former president's administration mm -hmm. how far things were going to go. I expressed when people first start talking about him running for office and then when people started to take that serious, how far things were going to go. And yeah. I got pushed back from friends and people across the aisle alike that I was reacting to extreme. Okay. There's no way that the systems that we have in place would allow certain things to happen. And the more we sit and watch history reshape, the more I'm terrifyingly being proven correct. Um, I saw a very, very extreme response from Trump supporters and those who served as enablers for Trump and his supporters, those who said they didn't support and voted for him for tax reasons and all these other things, uh, and then voted for him again after they saw that he was exactly who we thought he was. Mm. Um, as they started to propose things with regards to laws and books and education in Florida, when these things first came up, I reacted very, very intensely. Because I knew that there was nothing in place to stop these people from carrying out the things that they wanted to do. Right. And somehow people thought that there was a, a baseline decency that they would not crawl beneath. Mm -mm. And I have no idea why they hung on so strong to those beliefs. They'd already proven what they were capable of, how they thought, what they wanted to be the outcomes. Sure. And I was just watching those things happen. We're watching the Supreme Court get involved in these kind of decisions, you know, so from Roe v. Wade to affirmative action, to taking, to banning books, like they made movies about that. And those movies were supposed to be like fantasy, right? And not fantasy, like dream come true, but like, so inconceivable. Far yeah. So far removed from removed from any type yeah. of reality <clears throat> that these movies were made to kind of show Worst case what scenario. a very, very far off worst case scenario would look like. Yeah. And they're very, very casually making those things real down there. It's not just disturbing. It is terrifying. Well, let me um, read a little bit more from this uh, article here. After the Florida Board of Education approved new standards for African-American history on Wednesday, high school students will be taught an equally distorted message that a deadly white mob attack against black residents of Ocoee, Florida in 1920 included acts of violence perpetuated against and by African-Americans. In other words, um, what they're trying to do is, again, rewrite history. So I'm going to give you an example of what's happening here. Um, let's say you have a community of black people, 
right? And this community is um who knows? It's just it's a small community of black folks and they're self-determined. They don't really need to interact with anyone else, right? And then there's a black person that lives outside of this community, right? And they stand to benefit fiscally by aligning with the white people that are outside of the community to organize and attack a small community um, of black people, residents that don't have the same capacity to fight back. Uh, the way they're rewriting the story is that not that, you know, 150 white men and one black person attacked a community of, you know, 50 residents, they're going to say white and black people attack black people, right? So that really doesn't accurately encapsulate what happened. It co-ops a narrative and it almost suggests that black people are the reason that these historical atrocities happened against black people. And so uh, forgive that kind of awkward example, but you could go into any of these stories and perhaps find a person who was the quote unquote snitch or the quote unquote, you know, whatever that said, Oh, I thought I saw him boss. I saw him massa, you know, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And their history has several instances where there is a co-conspirator sure. that fits the description. Yeah. But this person is very, very much the exception to the rule. Right. Right. Most of the time it's uh, 100% of the time. I haven't found any stories to the opposite, um, but it's, a mob of white people terrorizing, brutalizing, burning, killing, raping, pillaging black uh, towns and communities. I've never encountered an instance where it was a mob of black people unjustifiably going after innocent white folks. I've never seen that. You know, if if it's black people, they're always protecting, insulating, you know, we're not going to defending. defending. That's the word I'm looking for. Reacting. Right. But never initiating, because as you can imagine, if you're a black person in this country at any point in time, now or any point in time since this country became a country, it doesn't make sense, logical, linear sense to organize an attack against white people because they're white, because there's way more of them. They have way more power in the courts and the guns and the you know, there's numbers, et cetera. It, it would never make any sense. Add on to that the fact that the idea of people being white has never been something that made us angry or yeah. hate them or yeah. see them as beneath That's us. That's asinine. <laughs> so then there's that. <laughs> it's like, it's so ridiculous. Why would we attack someone just for being white and nearby? That only happens if you're black and nearby. And for people that don't know that phrase, it's a common phrase for, for black people when, when we get in trouble from police or any sort of authority figures yeah, and we've yeah, done nothing that nearby is the crime yeah, we, committed. We, we were just black and Being nearby nearby we were black and nearby and that's what we got in trouble for but there is no equivalent for white folks you cannot be white and nearby and then you know uh, a group of people take issue with that now i'm talking about a group of people take issue with another group of people uh, yeah, not one individual. Yeah, because you you guys individual. will pick me apart, and yeah. that's that's absolutely of course true. You will. Yeah, but there's obviously more uh, documentation to the contrary to you know black people hanging out of trees with their neck by the necks, etc. Anyway, I got to keep reading. So, um, dozens of black residents uh, were killed in the 
uh, I, I wish I knew how to say this, Ocoee, Florida massacre, which was perpetuated, well, sorry, which was perpetrated to stop them from voting. According to members of the board, that distorted portrayal of the racist massacre is, fract- is factually accurate. Mary Lynn Magar, a member of the board appointed by Ron DeSantis, uh, said at the book board's meeting in Orlando on Wednesday that everything is there in the new history standards and the darkest parts of our history are addressed. The Tallahassee Democrat reported. All right. The majority of the speakers who provided public testimony on the planned curriculum were vehemently opposed to it, warning that crucial context is omitted. Atrocities are glossed over. And in some cases, Students will be taught to blame the victims. I just said that. So um, this is what's happening here. There's, you know, I, I, I don't think that we think of ourselves as victims. Uh, certainly not on this show, right? We, 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 we deal with the real. The reality of the situation is that we are under attack. Um, we are under attack from... Uh, the criminal justice system. Now we're under attack in the in the education system. And this is, you know, if if those on the far right have their way, this is going to be the way that the country moves forward. This is not the only uh, place where they are trying to teach things like this. They are teaching things like this in Ohio, Texas, um, Oklahoma, and other places around the country. And if possible, and we remember when when the previous president was in office, he was pushing for a reality where, let's be honest, the the sensitivities of white children were centered. We don't want to make kids feel bad about their history. We don't want to make America seem like it's a bad place. Let's teach people how to be patriotic. This was kind of the rhetoric of the previous president. And, you know, we feel like that's an attack on our identity on reality a shared reality i don't i don't <clears throat> i don't want you to position that as subjective by saying we feel no that is an attack okay you know what i mean yeah. that that these things happen that's mm-hmm. not our opinion yeah you know what i mean we're not it's not that we feel that they happen no they happen and teaching that they didn't and and worse off that there was a benefit to us because it happened it's, it's a, more than a slap in the face, yeah. right? And and we have this self of self affirmation where we don't want to see ourselves as victims, but let's not puff our chest out so far that other people get to say, "See, they're not victims." They don't even think so. We were very much victims, people. Like we don't want to be in the position of of meek or or broken or weak, so we stand against the idea of being identified that way. But if someone assaults you, you are the victim of an assault. Okay, that is not about how you feel. That is the truth. I think that- our people were very much victims to the history and creation of this company being on our backs and our throats. That's very much the truth. You said company, and I like that. And I think you were saying country, but company, because the United States of America <laughs> Incorporated. There you go. <laughs> you know, um, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that for me, at least, I. As you know, I subscribe to a lot of um, white supremacist blogs and um, forums and so forth on the Internet. And there's this common narrative that exists in those circles that, you know, black people are perpetually the victims. Right. Um, And so in these forums, in these spaces where these racist people can 
have their own little echo chamber, they are justified in throwing their hands up at the reality for their, let's be honest, brothers and sisters. We all share this planet. Um, older brothers and sisters, we should call ourselves because we were here first. Um, they can throw their hands up more comfortably by saying no matter what we do, they will always find a way to be the victim. But the fact is, is that um, I don't believe that that is the truth for us, especially on this show, especially on this show. Um, but I, I haven't seen that to be true anywhere because the only thing that I've seen in my life, and granted, it's my take. I'm trying to be as fair as I can to people who don't feel the way that I feel. But the only thing that I've seen in my life is that we are dealing with the realities of our situation. And sometimes when people do, they take two steps forward, you know, uh, or they take a step forward, it causes us to take two steps backward. And so they look, well, look, I, I took the step forward. Well, yeah, but you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And guess who benefited from it? These people, not us, you know, and these sorts of things. And now we're even further behind and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, well, listen, we can't do anything to ever help you because you're, you know what I'm saying? So it, it ends up being really a, a battle over what's true and the way that they're comfortable um, restating that headline is by saying they're always, they're perpetually the victims. And so that's where that came from. I do want to um, um, read a little bit about somebody who is Ron DeSantis's uh, right-hand uh, woman, I should call her in this, in this effort. Uh, her name is Kim Daniels. She's a black woman. We came across a video of hers uh, that was sent by uh, Van Lathan, I want to say, or posted by Van Lathan, um, if I'm not mistaken. And she's one of the people that is kind of supporting DeSantis. At least she's an elected official in Florida. I don't really know. Where Unfortunately, she right. is. But a black woman, um, not unlike that, you know, the snitch or, you know, whatever example we were using earlier. And we have her on video. We're not going to play that video, but we have her on video saying, I thank God for slavery. I want to remind you one more time. This is a black woman. She says a black woman in the South in the United States. Yeah. So she says, I thank God for slavery. I thank God for the crack house. She actually said that she was at a church. So hold on. Let me repaint this picture. She's at a church with black people in the audience. <laughs> okay. And it, for, for those of you that have ever been to a black church, it's very much in the tradition of the call and response sort of um, engagement in, in more European based worship institutions. There is a minister. He talks to the crowd. The crowd listens and then everyone goes home at the end at black churches. The minister says something. The crowd the congregation is very involved. Involved, yes. The crowd responds and yeah, keep going, preacher. Yeah, Let the that, Lord use that you. Cadence. Yes. It's throughout the service. That rhythm is there. Okay. If you've never been to a black church, please go. It is the best experience. Even if you're not religious, it's just a good time. All right. She's in a black church saying, I thank God for slavery. I thank God for the crack house. If it wasn't for the crack house, come on, somebody. Now, <laughs> as you all know, the come on somebody. Is the minister trying to conjure up some support for the message that he or she is delivering that did not get the type of response he or she had anticipated? She said this to a dead silent audience. <laughs> come on, somebody. <laughs> and even with her, come on, somebody. Cricket continued to get zero audible support from the congregation. So she says, come on, somebody. 
God wouldn't have never been able to use me how he can use me now. And if it wasn't for slavery, I might be somewhere in Africa worshiping a tree. Okay, so this goes to show you that it is possible. It is a human condition to be susceptible to the sauce. You can get lost in the sauce. It doesn't matter what color you are. White supremacy doesn't have to be perpetuated by white people, right? Um, here's a, a textbook example of that. And of course, she gives white folks a an out so they don't have to feel like it's a white versus black right i want to read this last thing uh before we move on conventions are canceling events in florida all of the major cities are affected by it the state of florida is suffering from the consequences of one man's political agenda to secure the white house and he's actively falling behind in polling and fundraising and i want to read a yahoo article headline desantis is planning on a campaign reboot as he struggles to close the gap with Trump, the poll numbers are stagnant, the finances are out of whack, and Ron DeSantis' viral GOP presidential candidates are smelling blood in the water around the Florida governor. And now, 